We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Those are better episodes tonight, yeah? I So I felt that last week's episodes were a little slow. Uh, yeah, last week's were like, in case you didn't know who Michael Jordan was. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. My my list, The listeners know that I, I didn't watch MJ growing up. So a lot of this is good for me. A lot of this is like, I'm texting a couple of my buddies, same age as me. And they're like, and we're all like, holy shit, like we didn't know some of this stuff with Michael Jordan that, that's coming out. Um, like stuff like he, I mean, we knew he lost before he won, but they're really going in deep with like, he got his ass beat by the Pistons. That's like, that's pretty famous, right? But a lot of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, jo- the Jordan rules, the Jordan Steph rules. rules. It, it is very, um, it is very, to me, watching this makes me realize like, okay, Michael Jordan lost, you know? He doesn't lose in the finals. He's 6-0. and He's whatever. But he did lose. He did lose uh, as he started in the NBA. And it is kind of cool to see that because I think the biggest thing this episode was how he lost and then went back and literally said, like, no vacation, no nothing, right? Right? Went to work out yeah. and all that stuff. It's I don't know. You my, don't see my, that much uh, in the NBA now. My thing with MJ, which always makes him kind of the GOAT to me, because uh, I didn't see – you know, like, MJ is the first player I saw, like – I 
I guess I saw magic, but like it doesn't really count to me, right? Probably the same way you feel your MJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably how you feel about MJ. You're like, you saw MJ, but it doesn't like really count. Um Michael had to kind of clear levels to get to the top, but once he got to the top, he never let up the throne. He did whatever he could to stay there. There was no I'm unhappy. There was no like I need to switch teams because I don't like the way they're treating me. It was like, I figured out how to win and none of you fuckers are ever winning again. You know, (laughs) a very, uh, a very, his relationship with the coaches is very striking to me. Uh, the episode midway through the episodes today, they fired, uh, Doug, Doug Collins to get, there's like, there's like three topics here. Um, I wanted to go into chronological order, but do we want to start on the coaching one? Should we just go there? Yeah, I mean, because that, that one's got like such a strong Warriors parallel. It does, and we'll we'll get to Rodman, but that one's a, a big parallel to me because well, one he kind of is like, look, you better have you better get this shit right if you're gonna fire, you know, Doug Collins. By the way, Doug Collins looks good. Look, he's not as a. Uh, it looks stressed out last couple of years when he was coaching Philly. He looked like he, he was, looked uh, stressed out coaching back then. I think that's just <laughs> kind of his vibe. Like as someone who's always stressed, younger. I can get it. So <laughs> he just, well, you get the full head of hair and everything. Now he just looks just no full full sweat. Like I always love a good coach who's got like the full back sweat in that suit. <laughs> um, very very Doug Collins. Although although um, I why did he actually get fired? I'm sure there's a better story. There, there's more of a story. They didn't really get into it. So part um, of it was the coaching thing. Like this is. They're, the way they're narrating the story makes it sound like Mark Jackson and Steve mm-hmm. Kerr without the um, the extracurricular BS because Collins was a really good coach and like a hard worker. Uh, we we both know like part of the reason Mark Jackson got fired was you know it's like you're going to be kind of a, a pain and you're not going to work hard and right. they're not going to run sets all that sort <laughs> of stuff. But um, he. Uh, he essentially ran the Westbrook offense with Michael Jordan. I'm going to pull up some numbers for you if, if you want to yeah. keep going. But why, why, why you do that? Because that I like, so I didn't know that. And that, that was huge to me because they bring in Phil Jackson. First of all, Mike, Michael Jordan looked like he really liked Doug Collins. Could have been bullshit, but that's cool that you don't see that. He much, did. Cause right? he was, cause like Doug Collins had the emotional side down where it's like play hard, defend, and I'm going to take care of you. But like offensively, it was just, MJ pick and roll every play. Yeah, so lack. So kind of similar to Mark Jackson. It yeah. is it is cool it is, that it's very similar. Very similar. And it is cool that, you know, MJ liked his coach and didn't try to like didn't play the game and try to get him fired all that stuff that happens today. I thought that was cool. Uh Draymond and Steph love Mark Jackson too. Uh the Phil Jackson stuff is really interesting because MJ says, you know, they bring in Phil and they take the ball out of my hands and Phil's thing was to get everyone involved. Um there was even a good Bill Cartwright line which is kind of funny, but but uh, yeah, he's like they wanted uh, to give the ball. I didn't want Bill Cartwright to have the ball, which is I mean, he hated Bill Cartwright for so many reasons. But the biggest one was they traded his best friend for Bill Cartwright, and uh, that's Charles Oakley. Mm-hmm. Oakley was his was his goon. Oakley was his dude who, you know, if anyone cheap shotted Mike, Oakley was going to hit him back. So was Cartwright always- better than Oakley. They were pretty much the same. It was like a positional trade. Oakley was a six eight, six nine power forward, like a defensive power forward in an era where every team had those defensive power forwards in that era. It was just the way they played. Like um, 
they'd all play center today. Like Charles Oakley would not get a minute at power say, forward today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that era, it was like you play him there and then you had the offensive center. You had Patrick Ewing or you had, you know, David Robinson or whoever it may be. But um, Carl Malone would be a good five probably today. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, and Cartwright was a legit seven feet tall, uh, better shot blocker, just to, did center things. It was, it was a positional trade is the best way to put it. It's not, um, I don't know that Cartwright was significantly better. It was just like, we don't, you know, we have Horace Grant coming up. We need a center. Uh, but let me, let me get back to the Doug Collins thing. This is interesting. Year one, Doug Collins took over. MJ averaged 37.1 points. Think about that. That's just some James Harden. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's Jay. <laughs> Year two, he averaged 35 points, six assists, six rebounds, and 3.2 steals. He won Defensive Player of the Year. He won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year the second year. Now, something you should know, year one – um, I gotta double check this. Pippen wasn't starting his MJ's first year. Actually, I take it back. MJ's first year, or sorry, Doug Collins' first year, they didn't have Scotty. So Scotty was drafted Doug Collins' second year. So Scotty came in 87, 88, and same with Horace Grant. And neither of them started. They were both playing like 15 to 20 minutes a game off the bench. Year three with Doug Collins. Uh, MJ, this is when he went full Westbrook. He averaged 32 and a half, eight and eight with three steals. And he was playing point guard and it was kind of like a novelty. Like, how are you going to make your best score of the point guard? Obviously we see every team do it now. Um, and at that point, I do remember this wasn't covered in the documentary, but they believed strongly in Scotty and Horace Grant. And they were essentially playing spot up roles while MJ just did whatever. And I think that's part of it. They're like, you're making Scottie Pippen, whose best skill offensively is like passing, being a playmaker. You're making him stand in the corner. And like Horace Grant, the same thing. And they were, I mean, it, it is a very you, strong, striking. You, yeah, you hear this, you yeah. hear those similarities where, I mean, it's, it's a parallel to the war. It's also a parallel to today's NBA, which I found very, which I, I found very cool because, you can see it was neat to see MJ say, you know, I'm sure he didn't really want to go along with it, but he did to a degree and they won. And I think that's. Yeah, I saw you made a joke that MJ was on a hardened trajectory <laughs> before Phil, but I actually think the better descriptor for him was Westbrook. Significantly more skilled. You watch like Jordan mm -hmm. highlights, you're like, God, his footwork and his like mm -hmm. fundamentals are perfect. Better player, but, right? But like the same, like you watch Westbrook play and you know, he stat pads the rebounds, but I see a dude who just kind of is like, if you miss one shot, he's like, I'm going to take over. Like it's, it's, it's like that, like, I don't trust you and right. I'm going to do my, you know, like I'm doing it to help the team, even though you and I both know like, okay, yeah, that'll help you get to the playoffs, but you're going to stop there. Yep. I, by the way, also it's very similar uh, criticism that he was hearing in the, in the first episode where they said that he was, he was a scorer, but he wasn't, he didn't make people better and he couldn't win the big game. I heard that. And I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're talking like that to, they do that to everyone. So they do that. Yeah, it's, it's irony because um, magic and mm -hmm. bird are wired like LeBron. Like they're, mm -hmm. Well, Bird, Bird was an assassin. Bird was like a last shot kind of guy, but like they're definitely like playing the, you know, they're triple double guys. 
You know, they're, they're happier mm-hmm. getting 20, 10, and 10 than they are scoring 40. MJ absolutely is like, he has to like be forced. He has to be pushed to pass the ball. Those guys had to be pushed to score. Which is, uh, and then I think I even think a little bit further and Kobe, Kobe's on uh, ESPN tweeted about Kobe being in the next episode, but you look at that, yeah. that, that is the evolution, like the far right or far left uh, version of, uh, of MJ where, where he is. Oh, just- totally. Yeah, I w- <laughs> I've, I've watched the future episodes. I'm not going to give away spoilers because oh. most of our listeners haven't, but um, the 98 all-star game is Kobe's first all-star game. And he's the 19-year-old kid who everyone knows is going to be great, but isn't there yet. He might have even only gotten to the All-Star game because fans loved him. Like, he got the fan vote, I'm a Laker. But, like, he wasn't, he wasn't Kobe yet. He was the dude who everyone knew was going to be good. And uh, there's some clips of, like, LeBron talk – sorry. Wow. Wow, my mind's wow. all There's some clips of uh, – MJ talking to him and like kind of making fun of him for like hopping him. It's all sorts of stuff. It's, it's really good. Um, I actually I've, I'm up to like episode eight and I will just say it gets, it gets better and better as it goes. It's like it, they're doing the slow play to give people who haven't seen it, the background. And actually it just ends up so much better that way. The, the background works, the background works. And so let's get to Rodman. Uh, they started the episode with Dennis Rodman who, (laughs) Between Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen, I, I don't know. Like, I think Draymond is a cross between both. Not to say that he's, like, better than either one or anything like that. But to me, Draymond exemplifies a lot of what both of them are. So, uh, so it's, Rodman what, is, is insane. Yeah, Rodman's um, absolutely insane. They always compare Draymond's, like, emotional mm-hmm. intensity and kind of how he can just turn a game to Rodman. But beyond that and the switchability, the comps, you know – aren't there like Rodman Rodman shot 43% and scored, I think five points a game, which, which actually, <laughs> which I mean, it's cool. I don't even know how, in 2020, but it, it might be not yeah. in the prime, not in his, yeah, not but in it's his like, prime. but you and I both know, like that's kind of, it's really hard to play a power forward. Who's that little of a scoring threat. Like Rodman, I think Kerr said in the modern NBA, Rodman would be playing center almost exclusively. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, he seems like he'd be playing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the thing that I just remember is that team was that that team is actually the closest defensive comp to the Warriors team we just saw. Um, offensively, they're different. Obviously, Steph and MJ's games <laughs> could not be any more different and like Clay and Scotty and all that sort of stuff. But like defensively, it's it's really interesting to me. Those Bulls their closing lineup was Rodman at center often. Um, they would have Ron Harper, Jordan, Pippen, all 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, wings who could switch everything. Rodman could switch everything from the center position. And then they'd have someone like Kukoc in there who was just – he was just average. But it's like, you know, the point I, stands. Like you have four elite defenders, three of which are like Hall of Fame caliber defenders. Do we get a Tony Kukoc episode, by the way? Because I feel like I like Tony Kukoc. I, I yeah. think that's a player I you, would enjoy. I, he definitely comes in. Like you, you, you get a pretty full picture of everyone here. But um, my point stands with it. Like they might have been the the real precursor to the Warriors with the defensive scheme. And it's just interesting to me they did this and no one even tried it. I was going to say years. so. So so people veered away from it, and that might be a respect to to MJ thing where they didn't even bother to do it, or the team's not that smart. You kind of see what you kind of see what happened. I mean, with- it's it's hard. Like part of the reason the Bulls could do it was because. 
the defensive IQ of those three guys to guard every position, like I'm sure everyone would like to do it. We watched the Warriors this year. They couldn't have done it if they wanted to. Like you, you first you have to have the players to do it. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to ever – I mean, you probably don't get a team that runs that, that Warriors defense today. I mean, who comes close? I mean, it's, it's hard. The, Laker, the Lakers don't it's, have, you know, no, the, it's the really Clippers hard. probably. Yeah, Clippers are close, but yeah. Probably like Clippers. Two I wing mean, guys, though, that's it. And Pat Bev is kind of – I mean, Pat Bev's fine for what he is, but he's, he's not 6'7". Right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah, KD, Iguodala, Clay. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing Draymond, Draymond, right? Draymond. Living, so you got those four. Livingston. Yep. I mean, they had so many – like the, part of the Bulls thing is they had so many wings, so many high IQ wings who um, – like Ron Harper was a guy who averaged five assists a game in his prime. Um, MJ and Scotty go without saying. It's just like these are all players who IQ was uh, – is like one of the first things you mentioned about – it's like length and IQ are the two things you mentioned when you mentioned them all. Um, Dennis Rodman had a gun in his car. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, uh, safe to assume that he has something going on. They don't really get into it that much. Um, but yeah, something was going on there. Uh, and, and I don't think, uh, in today's NBA would have been fast. No, it's not fast. I'm more, I'm more fascinated by the fact that he, um, it's kind of a big deal. Just imagine the play. No, I'm talking about later on, um, when, when he's like going to Vegas, Right. How that works. I mean, everything about Rodman would not play in today's NBA. So, so I think other than, other than his defense, which will play in any era. (laughs) Well, so I think a lot of that is just back then. I mean, it's Rodman, but also like in the last episode where they talk about MJ getting on the court and practicing without the team knowing a lot of it's just, my God, if the, if the media was on them, like all day long, it is today. Like there's no half the shit that doesn't happen. There was no TMZ. Yeah, like, I mean, it, we know certain players like uh, James Harden have a reputation in that capacity, and I, I would venture to guess Rodman makes, you know, Harden look like Steph. <laughs> you know, just like not doing anything, just kind of sitting in the house, you know, playing with the kids. A 48-hour bender in Vegas comes back, shows up, and is relatively fine, according to MJ. Uh I mean, that's, that's it took just him like a half. I, I don't even understand how you do that. You just, that is just like elite athlete behavior. By the way, um, by the way, MJ with, with Pippen uh, in the migraine, one just popped up in my head uh, on, on episode You're bouncing three. all over the place. Yeah, just <laughs> popped up in my head. Uh, maybe we'll get to that. But, uh, but Robin, yeah, going to, going to vacation in Vegas. Just, I mean. So let's talk Rodman Draymond. Um, so the, the, the comparisons defense and hopefully Draymond gets in shape um, and we see kind of some facsimile of the peak Draymond we've seen. Like, I think you and I both agree, or let's talk about this. Do you think Draymond is still capable of playing defense like he did in 2016, 17? Uh, you, you know, I think so. You know, I do. I think, you, you, I think he's got it there. I think the, you said Robin 43% and five points. I think Draymond's probably closer to that than he is to, to whatever he was scoring in 2016 or even 2017. Um, but I think the cool thing about Draymond is that he has like they talk about the point forward position that Pippen was playing when Phil right. Jackson coached the team. I think Draymond does a lot of that. Does a lot. But of on the, the on the forward. flip side, uh, Draymond or Rodman was a decent passer. They would run, they ran split cuts through Rodman, <laughs> which is kind of funny. You'll see some clips of it later in this. But they like 
they would definitely do the post-entry pass to Rodman, who's not a threat to score at all. And then, um, and then do the, uh, you know, it, it kind of MJ curls off it. He gets it in like the mid post area as opposed to behind the three point line, which is where, you know, and it's just like, I've seen this set. It's just, you know, not going as deep, but it's hilarious to me. Either, either way, no one's going to mistake Rodman for a point guard. I I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy John Paxson and Steve Kerr on the team. Um, because those are, I assume that that's the the, the, the scores, the white, the white shooter, shooter, sorry, the the white shooting point guard, the high IQ, uh, the basically the college point guard, you know, (laughs) the best part of that college team. It's like the aircraft. Uh, God, except Aaron Kraft can't shoot. The, the, uh, the, I, so I like try to force the Warriors. Most, some of the Warriors comp stuff works, but then you think about that and you're like, well, Ideologic- are the furthest from, from Ideolo- Ideologically, you see, you know, if you didn't know much about uh, Phil Jackson, um, you, you learn, you learn where um, Kerr gets everything. Like it's it's just he's taking it all from Phil. He's far he's taking far more from Phil than he's taking from Pop, in my opinion. Uh, so the scene where they where MJ's like, look, you want you want uh, Dennis Rodman to go on vacation? No, 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 fuck that. Phil Jackson basically says, I mean, what are you gonna do? Let him go, right? Just let him go. What? I mean, the guy want, the guy says he needs a vacation. Um, yeah, Popeye doesn't allow MJ, that. MJ looking like the immigrant dad. Yeah, he says no, absolutely not. And he's right. By the way, Maybe. friend of the show, Jason Maples, pointed this out, but it is true. You know the team that Dennis Rodman was on before he came to the Bulls? Spurs. Pop kicked him off because he was doing this Rodman stuff. Den- David I, Robinson didn't like know. him. All that stuff. The Spurs wanted to establish a, a culture. They wanted that discipline, that Spurs way. <laughs> there and they were like, Rodman does not work here. Phil, opposite, is going, you know, he's, he's just misunderstood. And if we just give him a little rope, you're going to get a player who is irreplaceable. You ever watch, you ever watch Finding Forrester, by the way? I have. Good movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did like it. Uh, Phil Jackson playing the white savior to a T. Um, I do actually like Sean the, Connery. Yeah, Sean, Sean Connery. I do like the, uh, I did like it. I did like the fact that, cause you know, if I were a coach, not coach, but if I were, I'd probably lean more on the Phil side. Cause it's like, look, you, you want oh, the, see, you, I would lean more pop because, yeah. um, you let I the guys would, do what they I want wanted, to. A I would want to be Phil, but it's so hard. It takes a lot of confidence and trust to to do that you know like i i think that's objectively harder coaching to have to give players that kind of freedom i well i disagree because in terms of objectively diff, uh, harder because look you're gonna have to trust them at some point anyway right they're the guys that are playing the game and if they're the guys that are playing the game you have to trust them on the court you got to give them the trust off the court. I've, I've, and it's def- it works so for may, both. So maybe, it maybe, for both maybe, I'm just ex- maybe I'm just exposing my lack of patience and my need to control <laughs> situations. So maybe that's more what I'm saying. Uh, because cause you're right. Like a big part of Phil's ethos is I can't call a timeout and, you know, drop right, every right. play and like take the shot for you. So I need you to be able to think the game. And a lot of the stuff he does is mind games with his own team to get them there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I always think it's fascinating because they're both 
they're the two most successful coaches of my lifetime. That's not even close, right? They have, if you throw Curran as a disciple of them, they have 20 of the last 30 titles. Just think about it. <laughs> Phil has 11. Pop has five. Kerr has, I guess that's 19. I'm sorry. Kerr's three. Yeah, they, yeah. Have, they have 19 of the last. Th- my, my point is. A lot of fucking titles. Yeah, that's just every, every, you know, like majority of the teams are defined by like these two coaching figures, trees. Uh, who do you, th- what does Kerr exemplify more? Because so, he, he loves Pop. I think he has both tendencies, honestly. But, um, and I do think we're kind of, Pop's more of a, a little more of a hard ass, but he's not like, he's not Bobby Knight, you know, like we're, we're kind of like, we're making, I, I don't, don't want to, yeah, I don't want to paint it that way. It's just like, he's, he's got his baseline things he needs. Phil's a little more adaptable on certain things. And Phil might be actually more rigid tactically. Like Phil's like triangle, 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 triangle. Pop, Pop has like a core ethos he wants, but he's willing to adjust the scheme. Well, that's that's why he won that that championship against. Yeah, the, I mean, the like heat, the team, the right, team and the uh, the way that they played. the The 2012 to 14 Spurs played yep. significantly different than the 2003 yep. to seven Spurs. Yep. So that is kind of interesting when you think about it. It's like Phil is a lot more flexible with personalities, but a lot more rigid schematically, and then. Uh, pop is a lot more kind of rigid with like person with personalities and you know he doesn't want to deal with certain kind of guys he wants low maintenance he really wants low maintenance players right and uh but he's a little more flexible schematically you know like when he has more shooting he'll shoot more when he has less shooting he'll play slower and post it up you know what that just tells me? It, it tells me that Phil Jackson has a higher emotional intelligence, and it tells me Greg Popovich is probably a better a better coach. Than go. Yeah, but but it also tells me that Pop was ex-military. That's that's fucking. That's what it makes sense. If it was Steve and it, Kerr, and it tells you that uh, <laughs> Phil is a little bit of a hippie. Yeah, you know it. It makes sense. Both guys succeed. I I I get both sides. I was if it is Steve Kerr coaching the Bulls team, guaranteed Steve Kerr is letting Dennis Rodman go to Vegas. Probably lets him go for like a week too. I just let him let him off. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually having a very hard time deciding which one Kerr is more like because I can find a you know we we picked like four quadrants there and I have an example <laughs> of Kerr for each one right like uh, Phil I hear you or sorry not Phil it's Kerr can be very rigid schematically at times he can also <laughs> be a little more flexible um, he's obviously got high emotional intelligence but there are times where he'll do things where i'm like what do you you know like (laughs) like with certain role players he just doesn't want to deal with them i think suffice it to say though it all that makes steve kerr a pretty fucking good coach i think all that all that to say you can see Kerr is probably top three in the league i mean you can watching so you're more um you're you're more knowledgeable on pop because you've seen more pop the last 15 years, right? I've seen Phil with Kobe, but yeah, yeah, not with MJ. And then you're seeing more of Phil now, and you can just see how like it's not that Kerr is more one or the other. It's just they both have such a big influence on him. God, he has he just, little bits of each of them. God, it just good. For, just living being Steve Kerr is pretty good. Is a pretty it's a good life to be Steve Kerr. Is, By the uh, way, 
I, t- I always forget Kerr went to the Spurs the year after the three-peat. He was on the full three-peat Bulls, and they won a title. So Kerr technically four-peated. Oh, that year that, that, yeah, yeah, that, the M- first, that MJ the, didn't play. Yeah, the first year. At, so this is 98. Uh-huh. He goes to the Spurs in the following year, and they oh. win the title. So Kerr right, technically man. has a four-peat. The guy just doesn't lose, man. He, he just doesn't lose. Also looks the same. As he did back then, like the guy. Yeah, I can't even tell if he has more whites in, like in his hair, like a little few more yeah. like, grays, like maybe, but it's like he has kind of, or he has bleach blonde hair, so it's not like you can notice that. Really. <laughs> he's also like, looks like he's, he's like skinny still, looks like he's in good shape. Yeah, he's, he's MJ's he's, fat, you know? He's maybe gain, Steve Kerr, what do you think? Over under five pounds? Yeah. <laughs> he's playing days, maybe 10. He seems like the guy that doesn't gain weight, though. He's like high metabolism. You know, everybody's got that. Like, actually, all my he's, friends have high stay, metabolism. He stays active, but yeah, also like the metabolism plays into it. I don't I just, know. Uh, MJ, MJ looking fat as fuck. I mean, like most of these guys, like Scotty and and Ron Harper is fucking three hundred pounds. I don't even know what he looked like back then, but he looks humongous. Uh, John Sally looks. He looks actually looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, MJ MJ ha- having a like a just a quintessential dad bod is is always oh, yeah. funny to me because like I mean he was like peak athletic specimen his whole playing career, right? Yeah, you would think maybe not, right? I mean just how does that kind of make sense? I mean uh, he's not like he's not obese or anything. He just he's just got a dad bod now. <laughs> uh where do we go next? Uh it, it was you know I want to I want to keep going into the coaching topic cuz I think it's interesting. Um so, uh, a bit we we touched on it earlier, but we should get back to it. So, convincing Michael to let go of the ball and not be you know point stalling like Westbrook or Harden. Like, really, Westbrook's the comp for me because um, I think Russ wants to win. I don't really think Harden wants to win. I think Harden wants his numbers. Harden, by the way, Trey Young. Shout out for love of the fame tweet of the night for saying Mike won all that in one year. And he's referring to the year he won individual awards, not the years he won titles. It tells you everything you need to know about Trey Young. Uh, Do you think, is there a more disappointing young player than Trey Young? By the way, uh, some of the issues with today's media is that people aren't disappointed with what Trey Young has done this season. Just, just kind of think think about it from that perspective. Yeah, I think you know players around the league or media or coaches around the league they probably talk about Trey Young like it's fucking miserable to play, miserable to play with the guy. He doesn't give a shit. But I think if you talk about people who look at highlights on Twitter, uh, I think they do like Trey Young. I think that's a problem. That's a problem though. That that's well, a problem. That's, because- that's always been a case. Like people, when I was a kid, everyone loved Stefan Marbury, mm. uh, highlight machine. Uh, but he got crushed for not winning, you know? So, yeah, at some point, they'll, kids, get, they'll kids, come for kids, kids, have, kids have always kind of liked the young, flashy player and not cared about the results. That's I not mean, Kyrie Irv- I mean, Kyrie Irving, right? You're right. So Kyrie's all, one of them. All, like, I, I can go back. Iverson, when I was young, was the same way, and they weren't winning. T-Mac was yeah. the same way. I mean, they're both better than Trey. But, like, my point is, like, kid, you know, like – people always get hyped about the next thing and don't care about the win loss record The the more interesting thing is like the media coverage and mm-hmm. kind of being obsessed with his numbers as opposed to kind of watching his game holistically. 
Yeah, Trey Young, I was all in on Trey just because of the off the Steph stuff. It was pretty fun, but just kind of watching Trey. Uh, not like I watch all the games, but the guy, the guy is probably more James Harden than he is mentally. Uh, he's Steph. James Harden. Yeah. He, his skill set, like just the fact he's short, the shifty athleticism, the the like the skills are more Steph, but like the mind is pure Harden. Yeah, the and the mind is the mind is huge because I mean. Right back to the the Jordan doc, the mind is huge. I mean, we look at we look at the the way MJ evolved after losing to the Pistons, right? We look at the way that him uh, and Scotty uh, and Scotty kind of overcome it. Uh, and this is kind of my overarching criticism of NBA media. Like maybe in the OOS, we shifted too much into kind of being obsessed with killer instinct and intangibles and. You know, Le- LeBron's not wired like Kobe. And like all, and it was like too much, right? It was a little too much. Now we've veered too far the opposite way, in my opinion. It's too much about how can you say that? He averages 27 and 8 and 7. And there's no thought to putting into context what those numbers mean because you and I both know everyone, like someone has to average 25 on every team, basically, <laughs> right? Like you can. And it does, it, it's not a comment on their talent, but there's a ton of talented players throughout history who winning wasn't the top priority. And if, if the guy's playing for his numbers, does, what matters, right? Like the, the point is the game is about winning and it needs to be covered through that context. So I think there's been too much of an overcorrection in NBA media. Uh, not all 27-7-7s are built the same. Um, MJ averaging 37. My God, 37 in, in a league that... I mean, I'm not even looking at the numbers, but I can't imagine everybody was averaging 150 points like they are today. So pretty impressive, obviously. The, the scoring was high in the 80s then. It was closer to what it is now. And then it slowly – that's another thing on the MJ thing, by the way. The, the first three-peat, they were an offensive juggernaut. The second three-peat, they were suffocating defensively. But, yeah. Um, very uh, – you know, by the way, Carmen Electra uh, makes, a, makes a cameo on the last dance. Um, 48 years old. 48. Yeah, my I would not have I would not have guessed that. Yeah, especially for you know, usually Asian women 48 makes sense. My ex-girlfriend's mom 50 years old looked like she was 32. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do say I would enjoy that one. Uh, the 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 bad boy stuff was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah, let's back get into to that. Back to back champions Isaiah Thomas uh I'm not gonna lie, Sam. You know, maybe he's not likable or whatever. I think he's really like as hell. Yep. I think actually, I've yep. never liked the he's not likable thing. He's the players who hated him called him a wolf in sheep's clothing because he has that smile and like he yeah. comes. A, he's so polished when he talks. He's like, oh, you know, it was just a foul. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. dirty. You, you, you know the type. And like, if you play just against someone, schemer. if you. If you play with someone like that, it's like the first couple of times you get the benefit of that. You're like the third time you're like, you know, that, that, that guy knows, he knows what the hell he's doing. Oh, That's all BS. Oh yeah. So the type, the type that, you know, you're lining up at the free throw line, he's making jokes, he's talking, laughing up with the refs. And then the ball goes up for the free throw and he's immediately like elbow. slamming. Yep. Elbow in the ribs immediately. Yep. So he's, um, I tweeted it and I was surprised I didn't get that much backlash on it, but he is Chris Paul if Chris Paul's teammates adored him. So 
because the, the bad boys Pistons were like ride or die with Isaiah because Isaiah took the fall for a few things that they're not going to cover in this documentary for the team. Like he was a team leader, but everyone else hated him. So um, just a quintessential point guard, you know, like he, he, he knew how to be the face. He got everyone going um, and just kind of, you know, had that like charisma but then if you're on the other team, you're like, I hate that dude so much. I mean, that's I mean, that's a I think that's a great thing. That's that team too. looked that team looked awesome. I don't know if I had would have wanted to watch them play, but if I had lived in Detroit going up there, I'd probably love that team. I mean, they won two titles. Yeah, actually, I thought the Warriors were gonna be like them the first couple of years because um those bad boy Pistons, it was uh Isaiah and Dumars did all the scoring. So the backcourt did all the scoring and everyone else was a goon. Yeah, and like their level of goon, the guys. their level of goonery was significantly worse than like the Warriors' level of goonery because that's the way it was ref then. But yeah, like Lambeer, Mahorn, Rodman, Sally, all these dudes were guys who were gonna foul the hell out of you. So when we talk about wanting a team of Draymond, Marcus Smart, and a couple of and a couple other fuckboys. Uh, that's that's what we want. We want Steph and Clay to average thirty points a game, and then and then the other guys to just like get into fights and just piss people off. Uh, yeah, I think may- maybe you'll get the 2020, 2021 Warriors to emulate that type of that type of team. But I enjoyed them. I they've I think what they're probably hated because they're they're they went up against MJ right. Just well, first. and they were they they were so the the era was obviously everyone loved either the Lakers or the Celtics, Magic Bird. And then right, MJ, they beat the Lakers. They swept them. Yeah, and then like, and then you know they always played the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it was like those two were like the league's um, chosen ones. And then uh, and then MJ and the Bulls were like the next. You know, like everyone's like, oh, they're coming next, right? Yeah, they're like a that weird in between transition. They're that, they always like to say we crashed the party, but it's not inaccurate because like. You know the league loves the idea of like star teams on the coast or in Chicago in like all major markets with very marketable stars. To be fair, I, Isaiah would be incredibly marketable. Like, there's no reason he can't be right. But like, he's not like uh, not no, he's, he's not he's, he's not, not, magic. He's not, he's he's not, not MJ either. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, but but I mean, MJ Bird, MJ Bird, Magic. I mean, those guys are fucked. They're all top. I mean, the top ten five. player, yeah, top yeah, ten but... of all time, right? So it's 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 tough. I mean, and I mean, they ha- Steph, they all LeBron. have like the perfect storm of like Players not just the game, too. yeah, not just the game being marketable. Like everyone likes watching Magic or Jordan or Bird, right? Uh, but also having kind of like the personality to go with it. Like that's the other thing. Actually, I want to. I'll, I'll get into this a little later, but that's the other thing that stands out to me with Michael is for a guy who is the Ooh. most famous man on the planet. He made a lot of time for everyone and he played the game. He does the he does the thing that we always give Steph credit for. It's like you don't have to talk to everyone and be the nice guy, but he's just like he did it because he thought it was his obligation. Now, was he now was he a fake nice guy? Was he an asshole to to, to media, you know, outside of the couple moments that they have it on camera? Not, I mean, define what you mean because well, he didn't. He didn't deny access, and he didn't not answer questions. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, you, I mean, even Kobe, right? 
kind of a dick to media before he kind of got a little bit older. LeBron noted to be a fucking asshole uh, to media. I'm thinking Steph, more along the lines. Pretty nice. I'm I'm thinking more. Okay, what what do you think of Draymond with media? Draymond's great. No, he he he'll 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 answer. Like he's I think personally, like he's good with media. That's so. That's more of what I would say with MJ. He might poke at you or get up, you know, like that sort of thing, but he's going to answer your damn question. So okay. he gave everyone time and he didn't do the, I don't like that guy's question. So I'm going to pout or <laughs> I don't like that guy's question. I'm going to get him, get his credential revoked. I think yeah. that that's maybe what I was going for. Um, yeah. So it's like, I mean, there are two sides of the same coin. I think getting someone's pr- credential revoked is worse because it's just so passive aggressive. Yeah. The very, I mean, if not even that, but just kind of like letting them know like, Hey, listen, don't ask that. But, like, that but stuff how much, how much of that today. was, how much of that was the era though? Because like, I don't, I wonder what MJ would do if he would play today and realized he could do that. Cause like you're watching this and like one of my overarching themes of this is like, wait, they had the best team in the league with the most marketable athlete on earth, bigger than any NFL star bigger. And they were just going to blow it up. Cause the GM wanted to like, that would not exist in any sport today. You know, who, who do we, the the bad the, the part we have to admit here is it is probably because of LeBron that that he would be able to do that today, like kind of control the way he goes about. No, his that's life. that's actually my biggest compliment, or biggest compliment of LeBron <laughs> is like taking the. He kind of broke some norms and took power back for the players. Again, my my criticism would be like, has it gone too far? And yeah, like where's the. Where's the media yep. calling balls and strikes here, right? They're not yep. calling balls and strikes. They're just kind of going with whoever's going to get them paid. Yep. So I'm, I agree. Uh, that's a great point. Cause yeah, I think that's where MJ probably didn't have the, or it probably wouldn't have been accepted. Actually, the bronze wasn't accepted either, but he went there, he did it. Uh, and now the NBA is where it is today. And it, it's probably good. I mean, maybe if MJ was, was the way LeBron was, maybe they win more titles or honestly, Maybe he's not even on the Bulls for those two three-peats, right? Maybe he's on the fucking Lakers or he's on the Sixers or some other team and he's not winning I mean, there's multiple things where – so there was a rumor that Jordan really wanted them to trade Pippen for Patrick Ewing because it took Pippen four years to get there in terms of being a title caliber player. And – Meanwhile, Jordan is like, dude, I'm like 25. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? And Ewing's his boy. Ewing's the better player than Pippen at the time. And he's just like, why aren't we making this trade? And Jerry Krause didn't want to make it. And, you know, Krause is going to get painted poorly this way, but like he did brilliantly build all season, all four episodes he's been shitted on. I don't. And, it, and it's not dead, unfair. Man. It's not unfair. Uh, because he tore it down. Like it's it, he's he's interesting because Pippen wasn't a recru- highly recruited player, and neither was uh, Horace Grant. Like they were, they were quote unquote Draymond level finds. Like he was playing in Central. But Arkansas. he was drafted so high. I mean, Pippen he was, was drafted high though. He was, but he wasn't a MJ was a sure thing. Right. Right. Okay. I, I Ewing was a sure thing. He was. Right. The equivalent of taking Steph Curry seventh overall, where like you could see the talent, but it's not like everyone knew he was right. going to be something. By the way, not trading Pippen for Patrick Ewing and other Warriors parallel. Not trading Clay Wing right, right. for for Kevin. And, and that's one of those. That's also kind of 
because we don't know for a fact. So it's, it's kind of urban legendy. Like some people swear, some media people swear it was real. No, um, maybe that'd be, <laughs> uh, didn't MJ eviscerate, uh, Patrick Ewing too. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a, a also a thing? Although that's everybody, I guess he played against, but yeah, I mean, that, when this is the funny thing to me, when people criticize MJ for, um, or not criticize, but they try to say like, well, LeBron is going against KD and X, Y, and Z. And Michael Jordan had no competition. I'm like, all his competition were big men. It was Patrick Ewing. It was Hakeem Olajuwon. It was Charles Barkley. It was Carl Malone. Because that's just the way the game was. The fact he was winning against big men as a wing is actually probably more of a compliment. What do you think, um, by the way, uh, speaking of kind of him going up against big men, what do you think about the way that, that the game was ref back then? I mean, just a lot of, I mean, they kind of, they kind of, Dude, we gotta watch. Inundated us with We that. gotta watch one of these old games because um, it's ugly. It's yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Sh- I think Sharp said it on our pod. A friend of the show, Andrew Sharp, he called the '90s the blood sport era. And on the one hand, I like so. You know, I'm a little tired of watching any touch be a foul, right? On the other hand watching every game be 78 to 81 <laughs> with just nothing ever called is also crappy. You know, like you want, I feel like the perfect score is around a hundred, you know, you want games to be sitting. Like if it's a good offensive game, you get up to 110, 112. And if it's like a bad offensive game, you're in the eighties. The, uh, by the way, the overall parallel here for, for I think a lot of people is that, what the NBA was back then trended way far on one side. What the NBA is today probably overcompensating a little bit too much on the other side. Right. Instead of just kind of <laughs> living in the find, middle. If so. we could find a balance, Sam, I think, I think we'd have a great product, great media coverage, great, uh, uh, you know, NBA is pretty good today, but I think, uh, I think it is, it is interesting when you watch this doc for me, it's just watching kind of like the way guys are covered, the way MJ's covered, the way Pippen, uh, uh, so Have we talk talked about Pippin? Have we talked about? We got to talk about. Well, this Pippen. wasn't a heavy Pippin episode, mm-hmm. so we'll get into more Pippin migraine. Next time. Migraine Pippin, though. By the way, MJ didn't look happy. I don't know much about it. In the Jordan rules, so they're going to get into Jordan rules later, which was actually similar to a friend of the show, Ethan Strauss's book, Victory Machine, a little salacious, giving behind the scenes details. Um, it, uh, it, it Michael questioned if it was really a migraine or he choked you know kind of like stuff that if happened now people would dude Pippen wow. went, i think Pippen went one for eight one for eight in yeah. a game seven like yeah. five points total yeah yeah <laughs> i mean what did lebron go in that game's game uh game six that they lost to the mavs <laughs> the i think he had 15 or something i mean <laughs> yeah. you know i mean like we're talking all-time bad yeah so one for eight um yeah you could see i mean i i think that part's probably important to, to bring up is you can see MJ. Uh, MJ is not passive aggressive. That is one thing I will say. He is not passive aggressive. You know, you look at today's league, Steph, Steph Curry, LeBron, KD, a lot of these guys, they don't really come out there and say they don't like someone. <laughs> you look at MJ, talk about Isaiah Thomas. You look at MJ, talk about Scotty. Oh, you see him talk about moment. Isaiah. Now he's still bitter. Yeah, no, no, that's he's what I mean. That's petty. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like even now, even now, right? Like even him talking about Pippen, they're like, and they're asking him about it. He's like, look, man, he, had a, he said he had a migraine, you know? And you could kind of tell in his tone. He's like, 
that fucker doesn't believe that he had a migraine. No fucking way. In his mind, he's saying I should have seven. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like he's, I mean, yeah, nobody's probably going to hit six again, but yeah, that guy, he, I can tell he was still mad about it, which to me, that's pretty cool. Like that's, you know, as a competitor, right? Like, I guess it's also cool if he lets it go, but like Kobe and Shaq let their kind of hatred go. But (laughs) MJ is known to be the pettiest athlete, right? Of all time. So. I mean, he's a very driven individual. Um, I think we'll see more of it, but uh, I don't know. It's getting good. It's cool to at least have something to talk about. Yeah, it is. So, Bet Online Madden Tournament. So, with currently no NBA, MLB, or NHL, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. So, our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker, blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. Uh, missing the NFL, no problem. Uh, bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. That's amazing. You can still also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. So go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE, join today, receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Let's take a break from the, uh, the last dance and Talk about one thing. So NBA players starting May 1st are going to be back in facilities. I thought you were going to say NFL draft. I got so excited. Yeah, what oh, do we'll you do th- that. We'll do, we'll do that too, but let's, let's do this first. What? Well, hey, look, they, they're going to try. They're going to try to bring, bring the NBA back, right? This is a test run. I don't, I don't, think I don't in, understand. I don't think individual workouts matter. Um, but are they not kind of... Have you have you <laughs> not have you been to the gro- have you been to a grocery store? Obviously, you have because you've eaten food because <laughs> you're, a little bit, yeah, you're a little still bit. you're still liquor, alive. Been to the liquor store a lot. Yeah. Okay, so I was at a grocery store a uh, couple days ago and had to line up outside mm-hmm. and you know mask and gloves, and then you get to the front and they. Lysol or use the wipes or whatever they're using to give before they give you the cart. And then you go in the store, you get what you want and then you leave and it's the same drill. I'm thinking about an individual workout. If it's just, let's just say this, it's staff. It's two coaches, you know, maybe, a, a, you know, maybe Bruce Frazier and, uh, um, you know, a trainer or something. And they, um, they all like do the wipe down before they go in. Does it really matter? Cause it's like, all you have to do is wipe down every, you wipe everything down before the next guy comes in. Obviously it's not the most efficient way to do it, but like, I mean, if they're sweating falls on the floor, you wiping down the whole fucking floor too. It's, it's a lot. Would have been nice if they did that in the 2016 playoffs. Oh, with dude. By the way, Drew Schiller, friend of the program, decides to tweet that shit out. What is the hell is he doing? It just doesn't make no damn sense. I think sense. he just wants to let people know it happened. <laughs> I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate him letting them not erase it from history. Thank you, Drew. Keep fighting the fight. Sam, great propaganda. Very sharp. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know really what to think. Also, uh, some states are closed. The California's closed. They're not – I don't – I mean, Anthony Davis has a gym, gym in his home, so I'm sure he's fine. But – uh, also selling homie, his home, by homie selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he's going to uh, watch, he's going to watch this and be like, maybe I should go back to Chicago. <laughs> really want to play with, uh, Zach Levine, Zach Otto, Levine. Porter. <laughs> Otto Porter would be a, probably a good player to play with. Um, 
I don't know, man. Yeah, like, not in that way. <laughs> yeah, it seems like seems like kind of the NBA is is they are trying. I mean, you can't fault them for trying to kind of. We get, knew they would try get something back in line. So I, I kind of tweet roast the NBA a lot, but I mean, what do you expect them to do? They they're losing fucking billions of dollars. You can't not expect them to to try to come back. I but I still don't think it's gonna happen. Do you? Like it just it feels too difficult for it still to happen. Just you just brought up the fact that they had to wipe down the entire place, and it just seems like. If you are sequestered in one single spot, how about the people that get you food? How about the people that take you to places? Clay Thompson, actually, Clay's married now, so maybe not him. But Jordan Poole is going to be fucking around with you know random people, and so maybe that like you're going to have to test guys. Every well, I, day. I also just think there's a difference between okay, so they're doing individual workouts and actually putting on a game. You know, individual workouts are not that hard. And you've got you've got family, right? If you're doing a game, you've got family, you've got staff, you've got you know you're gonna have to have the staff not. I mean, be with you're gonna have to put Ron Adams in a bubble, keep him away from this. It's not even a joke. The guy's like 80 years old, right? right so it's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, it's a fucking like the the guy Corona. It's not good. So um, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, although you know the Warriors, <laughs> if the NBA comes back, highly doubt the Warriors are playing a game. Um, really, it's probably just gonna be the the eight sixteen playoff teams. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I think they're going to do the Vegas thing. Yeah. You think, we'll you think it'll happen? I don't know if it will, if they'll be able to complete it. You think, you think I, I, I'm willing to put money that they do it. They try. Yes. I'm willing it's, to bet that it starts kind of a bad look. No, they started and have to stop. It almost feels like if they started, they have, I mean, China started, uh, or they tried to start or they started one or the other and they had to stop. Um, and since then, they've been. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too worried about that. I think it's. I think they're just gonna have to. I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah, they're just gonna have to. I mean, just another. Yeah, maybe they. Maybe they just have to try and see, try not to have the PR hit because the Rudy Gobert thing did make him look pretty stupid uh, when it yeah. did happen. Uh, even though, like, I mean, that would have happened in any other league, right? MLB, NFL. It just has so I mean, happened. It just those happened. NBA. It so happened it was the guy who made a dumb, like... Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, my, on, my, my. Anyway. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll monitor that. I think you and I both think it's going to be sometime in June. Somewhere between June to mid-July where they try to actually start the games. They're just trying to... I think they're trying to slow roll it. They're like, all right, you can get your workouts in. Let's start normalizing people to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and and that's that. We'll we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I hope they do play the playoffs. I don't even know what to think. Like, I'm going to call an asterisk title no matter what. Yeah. Uh, well, but I'm just going to be happy to have something to watch too. Yes, I. You know, to me, I just I wasn't invested in this season. The Warriors. I mean, this just wasn't really a good season. Uh, I mean, the Lakers are probably the favorites to win it all. I know you you disagree. I was. Ex- I was. Well, but, I uh, no actually. You know, when they get closer to it, we'll start talking about who gets an advantage from it. I think the Lakers are probably the team who benefits most from this uh, because I think the Lakers' biggest weakness was their shooting. And I don't Nobody think anyone's going to be, gonna be, be gonna be shooting the ball. Like, this is going to be more about, like, who can rebound and kind of get to the rim. Yeah, Paul George is going to be, even be worse than usual in a playoff series. I can't right. fucking wait. Um, all right, uh, do we want to finish off with some NFL stuff? It's like let's five, ten little, minutes. Let's do a little draft. First off, I want to start with this. Before we get into what the Niners did, um, what did you think of the coverage? 
I thought, wow, I like you asked that. Uh, I didn't even notice it was a virtual draft. I just thought it was a normal draft. There were times I was watching it or I had it in the background where I thought, this is just how the NFL draft is every single yeah, year. Only, I thought they the did a great job. We, the only thing we lost was the 30 seconds of the guy walking up to the podium. That's it. Yeah, That's and, all we lost because otherwise all they do is they show mm-hmm. the guy like, you know, in tears that he got drafted, which mm-hmm. – and then and then they cut to the highlight reel of his college play. It's the like same. Mel, and, then the, and Mel Kiper talking like great hands, great, just, 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 uh, explosive, flexible hips. You know? Hey, did you? Is it me? By the way, you've watched years and years of of coverage like I have. Is it me or are they using? Is this like the first year that they've used Twitchy? Because I just I heard them say Twitchy like a million times, and I can't tell. If I this feel is like just it's um, well, it's been a thing for a few years, but I feel like the, they went overboard with it yeah. because like everyone's like, okay, so it's a big thing with like Nick Bosa, you know, like with mm-hmm. DNs, it's like how much bend and how twitchy are they to get the off bending the line? Is good one, yeah. And then like I don't know who <laughs> took it from like blog boy sphere to mainstream. But now it's mainstream and it's nonstop. Nonstop. And it's it's funny because like it's objectively a true thing. Like you you want athletes who are, you know, quick and <laughs> flexible and twitchy and everything. But it's like it's funny when like Mel Kuyper is just, just very twitchy, very twitchy. Yeah, he's twitched up. Um I thought I thought it was great. It was um it, it yeah, it felt the same, you know, uh, the it's New York draft. Jets fans draft, doing yeah. a draft's eighty percent highlight reels anyway <laughs> uh it is <laughs> Schefter pretty funny with the uh with the this is the first sporting event <laughs> that ESPN is showing WNBA fans were not happy it's just classic NFL all of them <laughs> NFL just doesn't give a shit they they don't care they got backlash when they said they do the draft and people were like up in arms right. uh and it's and it's also like you look back on it and it's like well they're not they don't have draft rooms of 20 people like i i would be pissed actually if they, they usually you know? they usually do but like they're like right. all right we're just gonna do a distance right we're just gonna do di- yeah and it was fine bill o'brien seemed mad i think that was just shocking. <laughs> right shocking that bill o'brien's the one that it's, it's yeah it's, sorry it's harder for him to make a bad decision now um uh damon arnett drafted 19th i texted oh no i didn't text you i tweeted you never responded so i just assumed that you weren't happy but uh classic uh classic you know what? i like that i like the rugs pick and then i was like oh why? of course they're gonna take some guy who like no one thinks is going for another 30 picks way too early <laughs> like that's the one that like whatever. you like the al davis pick by the way just i i actually I like rugs i think rugs is good um yeah i thought the niners were gonna take him they didn't get a chance to um they wouldn't have taken him they wouldn't have taken him if the raiders took kid law they might have took him but um uh who knows they didn't so it doesn't really matter i i mean rug speaks to more what the nfl wants which is just like just give me speed and i'll scheme up getting him to space gruden's gonna be legit too I, I you guys drafted him and, and what? Gr- not, not me don't say you guys but uh <laughs> but gruden's uh i don't know yeah, he's, he's he's average. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Got, I mean, I feel like they're building up a team where they're just basically like, Car, you don't get your you know you get your shit together this year. It's fucking you're gone. You know. Well, hey, listen. I and mean, that's, we're, that's fine. That's fine. He the, needs, like you know, he needs a kick but, in the ass. He needs a. Well, no, it's just kind of like all right. We're giving you a situation now. Prove it again. Uh, the the Niners are doing something similar with Jimmy G. I think um, I don't think they're going to throw him away next season. But they've essentially put together a team for him now. That's very. Uh, I mean, that offense is going to be very Jimmy G friendly. You talk about like, 
I mean, they they picked up uh, they picked up Ayuk, who's just Debo, and then so now you got two guys running slants. Debo's obviously going to be better. Well, now here's the weird part: they don't get to work out in the off season. So, like, I mean, I I would have I would have I I told you Debo's going to be a pro. Um, now I just don't know what to think of anyone, but that's more of a like uh, coronavirus take, where it's like I don't really know who's how to expect players to improve. You know? Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, chemistry wise, right? Cause in the NBA, you can still right, play right. like yeah. LeBron can still just handle and you can got guys stand in the corner, but with Jimmy G and a lot of these guys, I mean, he's going to have Ayuk, you know, Debo, I mean, you, you don't Jaylen just get, Hurt. you just don't get timing overnight. You need, no, you need no, to like, he, run the reps. And these guys are, these guys are, I mean, Shanahan offense is timing too. And they got Trent Williams who, whew, whew. That was a great move. This front office, this Niners front office is legit. Now there's a couple of, some people weren't happy, but that's just Twitter. Um, no, I thought I thought the Niners did a great job, man. They didn't have many picks. I thought I thought they would do the uh, trade back from thirteen to fourteen, get a pick. Trade back from fourteen to twenty, get two more picks, and then trade back from thirty-one to forty and get two more picks. Right? Uh, turns right. out they did the opposite. Um, they just got a, kind of like a bunch of frontline players, like Ayuk, Kinlaw, and Trent are all. Well, there's still kind of a year. I mean, getting rid of Buckner. By the way, that seems li- like that seems like not really money, right? It, Seems like yeah. they just wanted him to go. Didn't no, it? no, no. It was money because they can't part of it. They can't pay Buckner twenty-two and Armstead seven. Like that's a lot of money for two D tackles. Well, they could have gotten rid of Armstead sure. instead, and what I'm saying. But like, it seems. Like- I think it seemed to me. I think that was a money ball move. I think they said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Armstead costs less, and Buckner gets us a better player in a in a trade. So- also, feel like it is a money ball move, but also for. Or it's, it, the NFL has a salary cap. Like you can't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a like hard it's a hard cap. Whatever they set yeah. the cap at that year, there's no like maneuver like with the Warriors with getting D'Lo and like trying yeah. to like expand their caps with Wiggins and stuff like that. Like you don't you don't, you can't do that in the NFL. <laughs> NBA's got loopholes on loopholes. I do think the uh, the the uh, the Niners have like like they've got like I keep likening it to like the Falcons where Matt Ryan had that MVP season. I think Jimmy G has it set up to where he could have a really, really, really good year. Um, but, you know, is Jimmy sure. G that good? I don't, I don't, you know, who knows. But they need him to be, like, to take that leap into. Or they just uh, need the defense to be a little better. The defense was excellent, but it's. Be forward, stay healthy. Or they need to not run into maybe the greatest quarterback. I mean, they have, you know. Whatever. Yeah, they'll, they'll, oh, they'll run into him again. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem is they're That's not the problem. Run- he doesn't look like he's going away. <laughs> like, they're going to see Patrick Mahomes again. So, to me, it's like, hey, Jimmy G, how about you make that fucking throw to Sanders next time? You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe Ayuk actually catches up to a ball. I don't know. Um, so, I, I thought the Niners did a, did a great job. It's exciting. The only pro- the, by the way, the NFL, uh, they're not supposed to start to, I think, usually Labor Day. So, they've still got – Five, I mean, they're four, doing they're doing five, exactly five. what I would do in their situation, which is, yeah, we're gonna start. Like, why deal with why deal with postponements in April? <laughs> you know, like they you know, even if you're just praying for pie in the sky, right? The 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 NFL, um, yeah, they'll they'll do anything to get the games back. I can't wait for. Uh, there is a chance that we get the NFL, the NBA, and the MO, and MOB all together uh, this September. So. You know, hopefully this all clears up by then. All right, we'll be back next week. I think we're gonna have Marcus Thompson on. Ooh, to, uh, news to me to I break down. Um, he he said he. I gotta double check if it's next week or the one after. Do a little 
last dance recap with us. Oh, it's the most exciting thing I've ever heard. All right, man. Stuff, brother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.